Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Ezekiel 47. This morning, I'm going to say open your Bibles, open your iPad, open your phone, open your eyes today, right? It's like, this time changed Sunday. And uh, we are in a series that will go probably the end of the month. And uh, I really felt impressed with the Lord to share something that had been on my heart, actually from probably November, um, October, November, praying and getting ready for 2023. Um, I said this last week, and I want to spend a lot of time in review Um, but God dropped a word in my heart called threshold, and it led me to this passage of Scripture, and I believe this is what God was speaking, the tree of life for this year. And so I say that, if you're a tree of life, or you want to really dig in with me, if like this is home for you, like this is that place that God has called you to and brought your family to, he did it intentionally, he did it with a purpose, and so then dig in with this passage of Scripture with me. If you're just checking it out, maybe you're new, you're kicking the tires a little bit, really not so sure, then open your heart up and uh, receive the heart and vision of the house, I believe, it'll be expressed in through these messages also. And uh, I, get, I, I believe that'll help you then as you're just praying and seeing where God has you. Uh, Ezekiel 47 is a, a vision that the prophet Ezekiel had. Uh, I believe it's still a vision for the church. I believe it's a vision for this church. I believe that we stand on the edge of a threshold. And a threshold we know as like leaving one room, going into another room. Uh, sometimes we look at a threshold as a boundary or a barrier. Uh, we need to look at it as a beginning. It is, it is a time in our journey. We're all on a spiritual journey that there's moments that we need to step across a threshold into another season, another area. It might be another depth, if you will, kind of looking at that in the series. And I believe that's the case for this church, and I believe it's the case for all of us. And really, the reality is, if you would look at a bigger picture with me, I believe our country stands at a threshold. I mean, the way things have been lining up, right? Just you can see it, you can watch the news, things are lining up in a certain way, that we got some decisions to make. And for hopefully for the church and the body of Christ, we'll step across spiritually and not naturally. Come on. Because the path being laid out for us, that threshold is not God's plan and purpose. God has a plan and purpose. We need to make sure we're stepping through the right threshold and into what God has for us. So Ezekiel 47, I believe, kind of gives us a clear picture. Let's start there. Uh, Verses 1 through 6, and then we'll jump on to the rest of the message. Uh, The man being an angel brought me back, this is Ezekiel, to the entrance to the temple, temple, house of God. Let me clarify this this morning. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. So there's water. There's a supply in you. There's a supply in the church already there. When you say yes to Jesus, you have a supply of Jesus already given you a supply of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, and he's just saying in this scripture for you and I that we take what we already have and we release it or we step across the threshold. Well, I just got saved last week. Great, step across the threshold and release the Jesus that's already in your heart and your life. I've been walking with him for 30 years. Great, step across the threshold where you're at right now and release what you've received for 30 years. Does that make sense this morning? And so we find ourselves when we say yes to Jesus, we become the temple, if you will. And in us is the supply of the things of God, of the goodness of God, of the love of God, amen, of of the kindness of God. And, And we release that when we take that next step on our journey 
It says here, it goes on to say this, uh, under the threshold of the temple towards the east, the temple faced east, which it faced the dry, desolate areas. It faced the, the Dead Sea. We'll read it in a moment. And I want to tell you that, that we need to always be facing the dry, desolate places. Come on, somebody. Our mission in life is to take what we have, whether we think it's a little or much, and release it into the lost and the hurting, the dry, desolate places. And so whatever that supply is in you from heaven, that's already there when you step across, and we'll talk about that today, you release that into this dry and thirsty land. Uh, the water was coming from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out through the north gate, led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was, I love this, the water was trickling. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much you have, what matters is that you're willing to take it, to release it, to step across that threshold, amen? Because the Bible says that God will even use faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Which is the smallest seed known to man. It's just give them something. Don't keep it to yourself, in other words. And it may start as a trickle. It may start as that first step. But then, as we'll see, it becomes a big, wide river. I uh, brought me out then. And then as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured a 1,000 cubits, led me to water ankle deep. Led 1,000 cubits, water was knee deep. Another 1,000, water was waist deep. Measured off another 1,000. But now it was a river I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river no one could cross. Uh, hold on, keep verse six up there. And can you see the trickle turning into a mighty river? Right? When you release what God has given you, what you release what you've already received, no matter how small you think it is or insignificant, if it's of God, it's more than enough. Come on. And when you release that by taking that next step on your journey and your relationship with him, he takes it then and multiplies it. And he does amazing things with it. And verse six says, and he asked me, son of man, do you see this? He asked me, do you see? Interestingly enough, it wasn't, do you see this when you're standing at the threshold? Well, hold on a second. Let me kind of open the door and let me look out there <laughs> before I go anywhere. I want to, right? But that's not faith, is it? Faith is like, I'm just going to take that step not knowing what's out there. But when we do that, our obedience and our faithfulness to God uh, opens our eyes to the plan and purpose of God. And so this, it's a progression on the journey from crossing the threshold, right? Ankle deep, knee deep, uh, waist deep, over your head. Over your head, I would say, in a sense of no longer being in control being in complete surrender. Can we just say all in, all in there, right? So we're all in in that moment. I can't touch the bottom. I can't touch the side. I'm just trusting God. And that journey we're gonna talk about today and what are the practical steps by we can get to that place? Because that's what God has for each and every one of us. I mean, no matter where you are in the Lord, you are on a spiritual journey. The problem is we try and go on a natural journey and add the spirit to it where we need to be on the spiritual journey and the natural falls in place. And so it's on that spiritual path that God leads us on, if you will, that then his presence and his power is there. So we got to remember that, and we'll talk about it again in the message today, and I'll get there in just a second. But as we walk out this path, it, God has a path for us that has his blessing, but also has its challenges because he wants to grow us, but his presence and power is available as opposed to you and I, because if you're me, I will take the path of least resistance, <laughs> I want the easy path. <laughs> I don't want to do all that work. That's a long way, hard way. I don't want that. But God says, you need that. You need to grow and you need to mature in the things of God. And in fact, there's people on that path you need to minister to. And I need you to take this path. I'm with you. I got you. 
but I need you to be on this path because here's where then you're gonna be able to fulfill the mission and purpose I have for your life. And so anyway, it's kind of a setup. So Psalm 1611, and we'll get back to this passage of scripture, but Psalm 1611 says this, you will show me the path of life, the path. You realize he shows you the path. Means you gotta be able to see it. You gotta position yourself to see what God wants. Okay, so again, again, go back to that, what I said earlier. It's like, we have, I, I got it. Why don't you just bless this one, right? I'll save you the trouble, God. I mean, you got lots of worse people than me to work on, right? You got, like that guy across the aisle, he just needs a lot more attention. I, I got it, I'll make it easy for you. Just bless this one here. And he's like, no, 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 I got something for everybody, especially for, uh, especially for you. I, I got a path for you. So you will show me, God, show me the path for my, do you, have, do you pray that? Show me the path for my life. Show me what you want me to do. Show me what you have for me to do. I want to be on your path. That's what we need to be praying. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, you realize God's presence is on his path. You realize God's power is on his path. Because he, he's not looking to, uh, he's not looking to uh, work. He's not looking to do things outside of his plan, his purpose. Why should he? No, I got this here. Why, why are you over there? This, this, is, this is what I got for you. So it's like we spend so much time on the wrong path trying to engage God or get him to release his presence and his power. It's like, I'm over here. How about you come on over, right? I'm God after all. You come on over here, right? And so, and it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, last week we talked about the biblical word for that, the origin in the Hebrew literally means not joy like happiness, like yay, yippee, and all that kind of stuff, but joy means uh, uh, fulfillment and satisfaction, contentment for your soul. So God says, on my path, where my presence is, you'll find fulfillment, contentment, and satisfaction for your soul. And so I just wanna encourage you today, that's where we're all longing to be, but we're trying to make it happen on our path, aren't we? We're trying to make it happen on our path. And, but it's already on the path that God has for you. That's not mean there's not gonna be challenges, of course there is. He wants to grow you. Right? He wants to mature you, but his presence and power is there. And you can still, in the midst of challenges and difficult circumstances, still find contentment and satisfaction because you're on the path of God. Does that make sense? Come on. All right, help me out. I know it's first service, time change Sunday, right? <laughs> in fact, if you go to pastor's meetings, they'll tell you, uh, make sure you take vacation, time change Sunday, and have an associate preach. That's what they tell you, right? So I'm like, no, I want to I be here with you all. So, oh, come on. I wanted to be here with you. I didn't want to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, I know, I know I'm that good. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love you that much. Uh, You're showing the path of life in your presence is fullness to join at your right hand are pleasures evermore. This is actually a life verse for me. This is what I pray all the time. I read this all the time. I quote this, I, I speak this out because I so want, and I'm not always on it. I so want to be on the path of God. I want his presence and fullness of joy or contentment in life. And I want to encourage you this morning that God has a path for each and every one of us. And I want to say this morning, hi, my name's Don, and I am your spiritual tour guide. I'm your pastor, but I'm your spiritual tour guide. And this, I want, I want you on the path that God has for your life. And I want that to be what you've experienced in the things of God. And we get distracted and we get, the enemy gets us off the path and off all kinds of stuff. I get it. But when we get off, we get back on. Amen. And there's a passage in Ephesians that I believe this will become more clear to us. And so that's where I want to go today. You can turn to Ephesians 1 for me. I love this passage. In fact, I teach this passage most every time that I do a Zoom crusade in Pakistan, uh, remote villages. And I love this passage of scriptures. 
here in Ephesians. And I really feel like we're talking about path, path, path. We looked at Ezekiel. There's a path where you're going ankle deep, knee deep, weight deep over your head. And I believe this passage of scripture really helps us bring clarity to our lives, helps us on the journey, if you will. And so here we see the apostle Paul in this passage of scripture. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's actually writing to the church. He's writing to believers that are struggling. Life has turned against them. Persecution is terrible. They are losing jobs because they're Christians. People are coming out against them. They can't buy stuff. They can't sell stuff. They've never been in a place that's so difficult in their life. And the apostle Paul writes to the believers, the church people, and reminds them, if my words today, if it reminds them, stay on the path. It's gonna be okay. And so he starts here, uh, well, he starts obviously in verse one, but in verse 17, we're gonna jump into the story. Uh, Paul is writing to a church he planted, has a heart for them to grow, fulfill what God has. And he says this in verse 17. He says, I keep asking, this is a, this is a prayer. Anytime you see a prayer, and you don't see very many prayers, you hear a lot about prayer, you need to pray, how to pray, but you don't actually see a lot of prayers, but this is an actual prayer Paul is praying, so that gives it a little bit of more context for you. So it says, I'm praying, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's saying, I want you to know what God has for you. I'm asking God to reveal to you. I'm asking you to have the wisdom then to walk it out. There's a way, a path God has for you so that you may, and the, go back, go back, if you could just go back, so that you may know him better. What did we talk about last week? Our journey is knowing him better. I mean, each step is knowing him better, right? I want to step across that threshold. I'm knowing him now ankle deep, if you will. Come on, I'm knowing him ankle deep, but I know there's more. So I'm going to press in and I'm going to take that next step. And I'm going to know him knee deep, but I know there's more to God. And so I'm going to take that next step. And I'm going to know him waist deep, but I know there's more to God. But I'm going to take that next step then where I'm in over my head, all in complete surrender. And I still know there's more to God, but I'm now in all in in what he has for me. So the first thing we do, is according to our Ezekiel passages, we have to keep taking that next step and knowing him better, knowing him better. You have not arrived yet. I've not arrived yet. And it's not just coming and going to church, right? So I just, and I said this last week and it was pretty silent and I'm hoping I get a little bit more response today. That's a hint setting you up, but it's like, you know, on your path God has for you, there's church. Even on time change, Sunday. I just want to say this, no conviction and no condemnation intended, obviously conviction, but uh, <laughs> your path leads to church on time change Sunday, especially, <laughs> right? That's what God would direct you to. And he's saying, let's take another step. Let's take another step. I want to encourage you this morning that we can all know him better. In fact, Paul uses that word to know him better at the bottom. You may know him better. That word know is an interesting word. It's not just head knowledge. It means intimately. In fact, it's the word, uh, the Greek word gnosko. I didn't pronounce that right, I'm sure. Gnosko in the Greek, which means to know intimately. And the illustration is as a man loves a woman and produces a baby. It's not a sexual term per se, but it's an intimate term. So Paul is saying that you would intimately know him, personally know him. And the truth is there's a lot of people sitting in church that are in church based on religion, ritual, or routine. But there's a whole nother knowing God. And you know if you know him intimately that way. A personal 
intimate relationship with him is what he is wanting, that you may have a personal, intimate knowledge where it goes from head knowledge to heart knowledge, relationally, completely, personally, in a relationship with him. And understand in that day, it was foreign to the people that they would all be like, whoa, we can do that? Because in that day, it was all about religion and ritual. And it can be that way today, can't it? And, he said, and, there, and sadly, there's a lot of people that have been religion and ritual that aren't going to heaven because they didn't know Jesus. And so Paul's saying, first of all, make sure you know him. And you can come to church your whole life and not know him, gnosko. And Paul's saying, we got to start there and we got to keep that relationship getting deeper and deeper in the things of God. And, and I want to encourage you that as Ezekiel, that passage of scripture, I believe that ankle, knee, waist is knowing him more and knowing him more and knowing him more. And we'll get back to that in a second. So uh, let's take a look now at verse 18. It goes on to say this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I love explaining this in the, in the Zoom uh, crusades. Uh, our heart doesn't have eyes. We know that. But you know what I believe Paul was saying? He's saying everything you see and everything you hear, you filter through the lens of your heart. In other words, what you're listening to right now, what you're seeing right now, you're filtering through your past experiences. You're filtering through perhaps your hurts. Perhaps your frustrations. So through your heart, he says you're filtering through past experiences, hurts, brokenness, good things, bad things. You're filtering it all that way. What Paul's saying here is that you need to make sure that you're taking care of your heart. Because we tend to filter life through our experiences. So a lot of people will come to church and filter what we're saying through their past church experience. They'll filter what I say through their favorite TV preacher. And as much as I try, I cannot preach like T.D. Jakes. I just can't. I, I can't even sweat like him. I just can't. I can't do that, right? I can't preach like Joel Osteen. I can't even smile like him. I mean, I just, I try. But we filter everything through, that's what Paul's saying, you're filtering things through your heart. It's not what you're seeing necessarily with your eyes, it's what you've experienced in the past. Does that make sense this morning? All our experiences are filtering what we're seeing and hearing. So Paul's saying, I pray that your heart may be enlightened. The message paraphrase says, uh, focused and clear. In other words, you need to get your heart right. In other words, you need to find freedom from your past to filter it the right way. Come on, somebody. So on this journey, on our path, as we take these steps, ankle deep, waist deep, knee deep, waist deep, and then over our head, the more we get to know God, the more freedom we find. God is the healer of the broken hearts. And so the more we keep going on this journey, wherever you're at, take the next step. Why? Because the more you know him and get closer to him, the more you and he can work on the issues of your heart until you get to that place of freedom. And as we talked about, getting over your head is that place of freedom. And what happens, we'll see in a moment, is when you get to that place of freedom, you can now see your future because you don't have the past in front of you. And so Paul's saying, I pray that you can get your heart right, find healing for your heart, that you don't filter everything through the past pain, the past problems, through the hurts, through the good days and bad days, the relationships, the previous experiences. 
that we need to get our heart right. And how we get our heart right, how we get our heart, there's a couple ways we'll talk in a minute, but one of them is the closer we get to God, it reveals where the hurts and pains are, and then he works with us to help relieve that. And there's other ways we'll get to in a moment. So we take the next step where we get our heart healed. We get our heart right. The closer we get to God, the more we find that freedom. And now we're, we're now, so it's like this. We're, we're, in one sense, we're all seeing the exact same thing, but we're filtering it different. And you know that by just talking to a group of people. Well, I didn't, how'd you get that out of that? I didn't get that out of that. I don't remember him saying that. No, that's just how I filtered it through my experiences. So we got to find that place that we get our heart right, get our heart clean, and God heals the broken heart. So the closer you get to God, the more the healing comes, the more the freedom comes. It says this in 18 still, it says, uh, as your heart may be enlightened, in order that or so that, another translation would say, in other words, those first things need to happen. You need to gnosko God, know him intimately, and so you can find healing for your heart. And once you do that, that's what he means there, in order that, so that, you may know the hope to which he called you, the hope to which he called you. You want to know what your purpose really is on the planet. You wanna know why you're here. And you have to find uh, that relationship, intimate relationship with God where you find then more freedom from your past. Then you may know the hope to which he's called you. Then your purpose will be clear. Uh, Listen, um, if you cannot see If you cannot see what your purpose in life is, maybe you still need more healing in your heart. And if you need more healing in your heart, maybe you need to go another step deeper and you're gnosko, you're intimately knowing God. Amen? And so then it becomes clear because now the the, the smudges are removed from your glasses, if you will. Now you're no longer looking at the rearview mirror. You're, You're looking ahead and and you find that place of freedom and surrender. You can't see your tomorrow if you're looking through the lens of yesterday and you need to settle the the pain and the hurt of the past so you can see the promise of tomorrow. And I wanna encourage you in that. It it may be, and we're gonna look at some of that next week, but it may be because you're, again, working on getting your heart clean that your future's not clearer. And he says, notice he says, so that you may know the hope to which he's called you to. Notice hope and calling are connected. That's huge. I mean, that's a whole nother message in and of itself. Hope and calling are connected. In other words, you won't find hope in circumstances. You won't find more hope. I have more hope because my marriage is better. I have more hope because my family is better. I have more hope because my, my, my body physically is better. I, I have more hope because my job is better. No, you will find hope in your calling. In other words, the hope that you want and long for It's not based on circumstances. It's based on you walking in your purpose. Why? Because that's where the joy is. What does that mean? That's where contentment, satisfaction, fulfillment is. It's not in circumstance. It's on the path. And even in the midst of difficult circumstances on your path, you can have a sense of hope because you're doing what you were called to do. So your hope is tied to your calling. Not your circumstances. We keep trying to change our circumstances when maybe we just need to change our path. Get on the right path. Oh, sure, it's gonna have challenges, but in that you have his presence and his power. And in the midst of terrible circumstances or whatever, that hope is still there, that, that satisfaction, that fulfillment. Hope and calling are tied together and it's never based on circumstances, but based on calling. In other words, it's based on knowing why you're here. 
I also want to encourage you in that this morning. Uh, let me keep going uh, in Ephesians 1.18. Okay. You may know the hope that he's called you to. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Uh, there is an inheritance. For, let me say it this way. You are his inheritance and you have an inheritance. Understand that. You are, you and I are the inheritance of God. The only thing missing in heaven to God Streets of gold, everything made amazingly. The only thing missing in heaven is you. It's the only thing he's waiting to come into possession of in heaven, if you will. I'm receiving mine. When you go to heaven, he's receiving his inheritance. I don't know about you, but I love that idea. That I am so valuable to him, I'm part of his inheritance. And also then I have an inheritance in him. Now the question is, well, what does that look like? Because we think we want to receive some kind of blessing or something right now. But the Bible's very clear what our inheritance is. And I didn't put this in your notes, but in Psalms 2.8, he gives you the nations as our inheritance. People are inheritance. Okay, so now we're on our journey we're stepping across a threshold, releasing what we've received in God. We're taking another step, another step deeper and knowing him or gnosgoing him. And we get to that place of freedom and then our eyes can be open to our purpose and our mission. And ultimately it is to make a difference. People are our mission, amen? We're taking as many people to heaven as we can take, right? You don't see, what's the, what's the old joke? You don't see any U-Hauls in heaven, <laughs> You can't take your possessions, but you can take people. You can send them on ahead of you and you can take them with you. Our inheritance is people. Let me say it this way in relation to the, the go messages we just had. Our inheritance is diversity. People of all kinds. Our inheritance is, is our, our families and people that have children or loved ones with special needs. That, that's our inheritance. That's our, I believe that's our inheritance, this tree of life. That's why we're doing the, the we did the Tim Tebow thing. We have uh, the Special Olympics coming up. We have uh, an egg hunt for families with children with special needs, which is gonna be amazing. And we have a sensory room and we have all kinds of opportunity there. That's part of our inheritance. This region is our inheritance. That's why God put us here. Uh, this world is our inheritance. That's why we do things in Mexico. It's our inheritance. Cuba, India, Nepal, Vietnam, Ukraine, Turkey. It's our inheritance. That's why we're here. So let's take a look at it in Ezekiel 47, starting in verse seven, Ezekiel 47. So now he's in over his head. The angel calls him over to the bank. He swims over to the bank and the, and the angel says, uh, when he arrived, uh, he said, before he did that in verse six, do you see this? Now he's in that place of complete surrender. I'm all in. Now his eyes are open and this is what he sees. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on the side of the river. That's my mission, turning this desolate, dry, low place into something that has life again, that has beauty, that's living, what was dead, coming alive. That's my, that's my purpose. He said this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down to the sea, Arabah, means dry, desolate place, where it enters the Dead Sea, lowest place on the earth, 1,300 feet below sea level. And when it empties into the lowest, deadest place on earth, there the water becomes fresh. Come on, somebody. It comes to life. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. We said that it becomes fresh. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Verse nine. Swarms of living creatures will live where there was no life before, but will live wherever you've released goes. So there's no limits on it, but what you put on yourself. How much of the path are you gonna walk on? Swarms of living creatures. There'll be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh because the water flows there, because the water flows there, because you're on your path, you're on your purpose, 
fulfilling your mission, makes the salt, what can we go back? Makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, where the river flows, everything will live. How can we contain or hold back what brings life? Our purpose is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We have to be on the path because everywhere the path, the river flows, life comes. Next verse says this, fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi to the Englame and there'll be places for spreading of nets of fish. And I love this one. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean. So you know what that speaks to me? Diversity. Diversity is our destiny, right? We've talked about that. You know, diversity is our inheritance. Fish of every kind, everyone's welcome here, amen? We welcome everybody here in this church. The fish of many kind, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea, more than you can imagine. Next verse says, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. People will make a decision not to, that's their choice, but they need to have a choice, right? There'll be a left for salt, goes on to say this, and I love this, we'll get to this in a moment, but fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. Every month they'll bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary, from the temple, flows to them out the threshold. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I love this passage of scripture. I wanna give you some practical application, especially into reaching this last six verses of the scripture. See, here's what we believe. Everyone has within them, them a, 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 know, a wanting to know God. God places that in humanity. Let's create man in our image. Even the hardest, we said last week, even the hardest, most difficult atheist has something in them. They have to fight it. And they look for other things, not willing to acknowledge it, but yet God put that in all of us. We're all on a spiritual journey, trying to find him, find freedom, find our purpose and fulfill our mission. And so we talked about stepping to knowing God intimately, ankle deep. And I wanna say this this morning, the Bible says, talking about stepping across the threshold now, practical application of these steps, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty hard because that was when I was younger, that, I was banking on that, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to heaven, I got my ticket punched. It says, many will say, I came to church. Many will say, I served. Many will say, I gave in the offering. Many will say, I fasted during 21 days of prayer and fasting. Many will say, I've done the outreaches. I, I sang songs. I lifted my hands. I, 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 I read my Bible. I, I prayed for people. And tw verse 23 says, Jesus will say, I never knew you. And it's that same word, knew, is that same word, gnosko. So let me say this, step across the threshold of not knowing God intimately. Honestly, we need to really examine ourselves. Are we just doing church? Because we can get really good at doing church. We can get really good at doing Christianity. But that does not necessarily mean we gnosko Jesus. That we need to make sure, and we have altar calls every week where you can make sure, where you pour your heart out to God, and you can intimately know him. Amen? And so that's our first step. That sounds simple to start there, but the reality is there's gonna be a lot of people thinking that they're going to heaven that won't because they didn't gnosko. They, they didn't have an intimate personal relationship with him. They went to church their whole life, but they didn't know Jesus. And it's not about attending church or more religious events or doing the things we just mentioned. It's about being in a personal relationship with a very real loving God. And then you gotta deal with the stuff that's holding, your, holding you back, keeping you from being the best version of you and you know what it is. And when we mentioned it earlier and mentioning it now, you know what it is. It's that habit, that addiction, that secret that only God knows, but God knows. And God set 
in motion a way for us to find freedom. And I didn't put it in your notes, but it's in James 5. And the Bible says in James 5 that we are confess your sin to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Oh no, God knows it, right. But you know what? You go to God for, to, for forgiveness, but you go to others for healing. God set it up that way. Well, I just don't know I can do that then. Well, then you're not gonna find the freedom that you want. Because God set it up that you need to be a part of a group of people that not everybody knows, but somebody knows. That's secret of yours. So you can have accountability, encouragement, love, prayer. Come on, somebody. So you can find freedom in that. Because listen, your willpower is not enough. Or you already been, would have been free from that thing. And so God set it up, but you can find forgiveness from God, but he set it up. But now you need someone to walk with you and support you through that. And you need some place again. That's why we say small groups are so important. Life groups, serving groups are so important. Not that everybody needs to know. There's some things not everybody, but somebody needs to know. You need to walk out in the front yard with someone after it's over and say, hey, I need to pull the mask back. I need to tell you this. I've been building a relationship with you. And now I feel comfortable enough to trust you. And you're not gonna get this. Oh, you did what? You're gonna get this. Oh, you too. And the biggest deception of this, it's okay if just God knows. Oh no, God didn't set it up that way in James 5. He says, confess to one another and then let them pray for you to find the healing. So some of us won't ever really find our real freedom until we engage with someone that we can trust, someone that will encourage us, someone that will stand with us, someone that won't judge us, someone that will help be us accountable. And so therefore, you can know God but you won't find the freedom until you follow this process to see what the future has for you. I know that wasn't gonna be a big roaring, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> but it's truth. You need that. So step into that. There's healing on the other side of that. And then you'll be able to see and discover your purpose. In 1 Corinthians 12, everyone has a God-given function. Romans 12, Paul writes, we all have different gifts given to us. It's the thing you're good at that makes a difference in someone else's life. We all have it. We're all sitting here today and we all have it. It's, called the, it's a grace gift. It's called a charis. The Bible says a grace gift. The Holy Spirit's given him as he sees. It's a grace gift. It's a charis. It's the word where charismatic comes from. When people ask you, you go to a charismatic church, you say, absolutely. But we're not charismaniacs. I mean, just like, no, I'm just kidding. Every church should be a charismatic church according to biblical definition. We all should be using our gifts, our grace gifts, our charis to serve the body of Christ. And some of us aren't on that step yet. Some of, when, let me say it this way, and I'm gonna say it with all the love I can, I'm your spiritual tour guide, Gnosko Jesus. Find freedom by connecting with a group of people and sharing with somebody so they can be accountable and they can help you. And then everyone needs to engage their charis gift, that next step. Now, now we're into what? Like waist deep water by serving. And can I just be honest? We need you to serve. This church is growing. We have 10 to 15 new visiting families every week. We need you to serve over in our ch children's ministry. And that's just what we know in children's. That's people checking in kids. That's just people checking in kids. We don't know how many come that, that haven't checked their kids in or just, you know, checking us out or in here with that. I'm telling you, God does that that way so everybody will use their charis gift because it's your purpose. It's part of your spiritual journey. And some of you have stalled out on that place because you've not stepped into a place of serving. And there's a place for you. Try a few of them out. 
But get to you. We, listen, if you don't like kids, we don't want you serving in kids. Because they won't like you either. Because kids just know. If you can't sing, don't try out. Man, I set you up for a big amen right there. All right, second service, second service. You have something, though, that makes a difference. God said, but that's your path. That's your path. That's your journey. Serving is part of that. You can serve outside of here, but man, this is where you, you know what happens? This is where you learn and you grow and you take it out there. And let me say this. No, I'm going to wait. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, I'm not going to say it now. Okay, wait. I got to keep going. It's, my time's almost up. We all need to do that on our spiritual journey. John 15, 8 through 11. I, this, this morning, that's why it's not in your notes, but Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. You bear much fruit. We're here to bear fruit. We, and we're not going to bear fruit if we're not in the game. We're not going to bear fruit if we're not serving, putting our hand to something. I told you this, verse 11, I have told you this so that, your joy, that my joy may be in you, my fulfillment, come on, my contentment for my soul, that, and then it goes on to say, that your joy may be complete. Ah, oh, if I could make you serve, I would make you serve. Not because we need you, but because you need it. It's your path. It's where his presence and power is for your fulfillment. Did you not hear me just, I'm gonna read it again. I told you this, that my joy may be in you. My Contentment, satisfaction will only be in you when you're bearing fruit and that your joy may be complete. You remember when we read Ezekiel 47 at the end, verse 12, it said fruit trees. Fruit trees, bearing fruit. It says bearing fruit in every season. Always bearing fruit. And the fruit is for the feeding of people and the leaves for the healing of people. You are needed in this mission. It's part of your path. And I'm going to close with this, Ephesians 1, 19. Ephesians 1, verse 19. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I gave you that one, actually. I think I might have stopped at 18. Oh, no, I did. I did. Okay, I'll read it for you. Ephesians 1, 19. It says, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Remember Ephesians 17 through 19. It's our journey. It's stepping across that threshold. And he finishes 19 by saying, and his incomparably great power for us who believe, that same, that power is the same mighty strength. I just don't think I can do that. Guess what? On the path, there's presence and power. You can't do it off the path. Why would he? Why are you over there anyways? I'll give you the power to get back over here. But here's where his incomparably great power is. Come on. And, it's, and, just, and just in case you're wondering, Paul says, and if that's not clear enough, it's the same mighty power, the same mighty strength that God used when he raised Jesus up for the grave. In other words, there has been no greater release of power than the resurrection power of Jesus. And this passage says, when you're on the path, when you've taken the next step across the threshold and you're taking another step and you're going from ankle to knee to waist to in over your head to know him, to gnosko him, and then you're finding freedom in there because there's power there for you to be able to walk free from the things that hold you back and you've connected with people and you've shared that thing because now then it comes healing. Forgiveness comes from God. Healing comes from engaging with other people and accountability. Now he says, now your eyes are open. Can you not see it? And your purpose is to bring life to the dead in desolate places and then you're to be that fruit, to bear fruit that feeds and helps people and heals people. And there's power there to do that. 
there's any power that you need, all the power you need. I just don't think I can. You can't, but his great, mighty, incomparable power, that's the same power he exerted when he raised Jesus from the grave. With that power, you can do anything. But that's on the path. My heart, my hope is that we all see that God has a path for us. And it begins with taking that next step across the threshold, knowing Jesus, and then taking that, go a little bit more, go a little, wherever you are on the journey. I hope that you see in this that you find yourself on the journey somewhere, and then you take the next step. But you gotta go nose, go him, keep pressing into that real relationship and find the freedom from the things in relationship with him and relationship with others so that now your eyes can be open and see the purpose of God. And when you step out into your purpose and you fulfill the mission, the power of God is available there. And it's where the joy or the contentment and fulfillment, his joy, he said, will be complete, where you're satisfied, where you're filled up, your your emotions are are all taken care of, covered, and and, and that, that presence and power of God. And that's what we all want. And that's the plan of God. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.